Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas, clinical psychologist, couples therapist, and founder of The Thomas Connection. I help high-striving busy people let go of the pressure of perfection to create more joy, connection, and compassion in their lives. On this podcast, we promote balance of a burnout through giving you the permission to pause, the curiosity to find your purpose, and the courage to play. Nikki Raby is a huge advocate of the portfolio career. She's an actor, personal branding coach, writer and speaker. She is passionate about supporting other women and men to create a business and life that defines their version of success. She trained at Mountview and continues to enjoy a thriving career across theatre, television, film and commercial work. Nikki has worked with Stylist Magazine, NatWest, MTV and Google to name just a few. Her podcast, Dreaming and Doing with Nikki Raby, regularly features on the top 100 business podcasts on iTunes and is heard worldwide. She has worked with over a thousand clients to help them consolidate their personal brand and become visible so they can do more of what they love and get paid for it. Nikki has a son and a daughter and lives in London. In this episode, Nikki shows us of how having a niche doesn't have to be boring or mean giving up on your different talents. We talk about how having a portfolio career as a business owner can help you stay passionate and fulfilled, but also recognizing that entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. Nikki talks about how she sets clear boundaries for herself in order to not become overwhelmed or burn out when pursuing her ambition, balancing her other values of life in a flexible way. On with the show. Welcome to the show, Nikki. I'm so glad to have you on here. And after that quite impressive resume, I'm a little bit intimidated and intrigued of how you make all of these titles work together. And, you know, we always talked about you being multi-hyphenated as a person. So that's one of the things we're going to cover today of how you found your purpose and finding space for all of these passions that you have in your life. How long ago was it now that I went on your podcast? It was a little while ago. A year ago? It was a year ago, yeah. So I started mine in January 2018. And um, it's it's been such a pleasure, actually, just to speak to so many different types of people. And um, yeah, so I guess in a nutshell, I'm an actor, a coach, a writer, a speaker, a podcaster, and I have this income pie, I guess, is what you would call it, a portfolio career or multi-hyphenate, you know, however you describe these things. And um, I've got two small children and I kind of, yes, make it work. I pull together all the different skills. So I trained as an actor many, many years ago and quickly discovered that nobody was just going to call me out of thin air and offer me a job. And this was before the internet, this was pre-digital times. I was walking around Soho with a A to Z and a big dream and hoping for the best. And I realized that I would have to put myself out there, be proactive, be determined, all of those skills that my parents were really keen for me to have. Um, But very quickly I realized that actually waiting for the phone to ring and doing really rubbish in between jobs that didn't allow me to 
use my brain or creativity weren't necessarily going to keep my vibe high. So I started to really dip into this entrepreneurial life and I trained as a coach. And then from there, the writing and the speaking and the podcast, it's all kind of come together slowly but surely over many ugly cries as well. So I would hate for anybody listening to think, oh my goodness, she just woke up like this. No, it took it took a while and um, yeah, making progress along the way. It's like that saying of the, uh, the overnight success that was seven years in the making. Oh, and the rest, my friend, and the rest. Yes, it's um, it's been actually the twists and turns and the lessons and the finding out about myself. That has been really key that I didn't sort of realise. It's been the mindset work. It's been the uncovering of who I am and how I tick and how I work best and where my gaps are and all of those things that have actually supported my business development, my brand development. And that's so true, isn't it? That when we run a business compared to being employed, it's it's such a different different ball game. It's yeah. when you're employed, you know, you obviously you have your ladder that you might be able to, to climb and you, you go to work and you have your appraisals and, and, you know, if you work hard, you might have that reward of the promotion. And it's really hard to have that motivation to to do that when you're a business owner. And what I'm hearing there is, you know, taking having the courage to do self-promotion, to put yourself out there, to say, this is what I'm about and this is my offering. And a lot of, of business owners that I help really struggle to do that, to project themselves outwards. How have you worked with that in terms of the mindset around self-promotion without finding that sort of icky? Oh, gosh. Um, by doing it, <laughs> by doing it again and again. <laughs> and learning and looking and testing and doing it when I don't want to do it or doing it one more time to actually get the sale or get the or whatever it is that I'm working towards and recognizing I guess for what it is it's it's been a skill as much as any of the other things in my business and you're right I think a lot of business owners start with a very specific skill set in mind so say they might be a psychotherapist for example and you know you are very qualified and educated and have so much academic knowledge and then suddenly you're like yes but I've now got to figure out this Instagram thing and put my face there and say that I'm available and people can pay me for it and I think it's it's not assuming that it's the selling and the confidence and the visibility element is for somebody else that you know you weren't blessed with the uh, visibility gene so therefore you can never access it of course because of my acting background there are certain things like video for example that I don't find as challenging because that's what I did when I moved to London and went to drama school for three years everybody you had to throw yourself in there But there are certainly other elements of my business where I would say certainly one of the things that I've really had to work hard on is boundaries and being able to say yes or no or, yeah, just kind of set my own way of working. That's been quite a challenge at certain times. So if you can see it for what it is, then and know that it's going to be a muscle that you're going to have to work and look at and tweak and nourish and all the rest of it, it doesn't quite seem so scary. So true in terms of 
doing it bit by bit. I mean, I guess it makes complete sense why your podcast is called Dreaming and Doing, <laughs> because you had that dream, but realizing that with just a dream, nothing will materialize. You know, we can we can manifest all we want, but you also have to take some some committed action. You have to take steps towards those goals, towards the things you want. And something that really resonated with me on your website is is the statement that you wrote, I've figured it out whilst giving me the permission to be a work in progress. Mm. And I'm not perfect, I don't have all the answers. And that really drew me in because it, it gives us that background around how you are still learning. You are still dreaming and doing yourself. And you, you know, you obviously you walk in the walk. How has this permission helped you achieve your goals? And how did you come to this stage where you could embrace imperfection and allowing yourself to be work in progress? I think when we go through the school system, certainly in the UK, we feel like by the time we get to 18 and we've done our exams and we've ticked all the boxes, there is this sort of invisible key that allows you to feel like you're going to unlock like perfection and everything being sorted for the rest of your life. And on the flip side of that, if you're not one of these people who knows exactly what you're doing by that age or you haven't got it all figured out, it can be an enormous pressure. So I almost feel like we were, we, we weren't necessarily programmed or necessarily taught to be able to deal with that fear. And what can happen is we don't take action because we're waiting for the right time or we assume we have to have all of our ducks in a row before we get going. And I use an analogy a lot with my clients that so many people want to walk around a big lake or a big patch of water and they want to talk about it like, oh, I wonder how deep it is. Oh, do you think it's cold today? Oh, I'm not sure. Do you think it's wonky on that side? And the only way that you're going to ever know what the consistency, the texture, how fearful you are, how all of those things is sometimes, well, firstly, by getting in the lake and you can choose to just dip your toe in or fully submerge yourself, jump in and have that moment where you're like, oh my God, it is really cold. But I think this thing that people move into their growth mindset in this sort of mermaid way of looking all gorgeous and it's effortless. Oh my goodness, it's far from the truth. And I, I, I wrote that on my website because... I want my clients to know when they come to me that they don't have to be perfect before they start. And that dialogue needs, to, they need to feel safe basically because it's a big deal sometimes of saying, hello, I've um, kind of been leading my life like this for 10 years, but actually I want something different because we have so many other obstacles or feedback or people giving us polite suggestions. I'm sure we've all had that, that what we should and shouldn't be doing with our lives. And I just really honor and hold space for people's courage because it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. And I think if we allow that progression and, and move towards the goals to not be linear, to not be super straight, that it, it will then allow for mistakes and failures along the way. And I think you, you're right about the fear. It really holds so many people back that they, they never start, they never begin. And sometimes I think it's not just about the fear of failure, but also the fear of success. Yes. Do you experience that with your clients as well? That they don't start because what if, it, what if it doesn't work? But, and also thoughts around what if it does work? 
what would that life look like? And and those who haven't owned visibility or owned their worth can really struggle with that. Have you seen that in your clients? I have, and I've experienced it personally as well. Um, mm. And I know that a limiting belief that comes up for me all the time or a story that I have in my head is that's enough now. So as a child of the 80s and 90s, you know, it was about that, like, that's enough now, come on, be quiet, or that's enough now, like, you've had it, you've had your Christmas presents, now you just got to wait until your next birthday or Christmas. It wasn't like, oh, I just fancy this, you know, it was sort of, and I understood why a lot of parents or family members or friends, you know, every, I, I imagine this went on in a lot of people's houses, this is not necessarily about my family, but it was very much a don't get too big for your boots, um, mm -hmm. just just be in control of these things. And I had really noticed that from my own successes in my career, that sometimes I used to think it was a fluke. I used to think that, well, that's enough now, so I better not want any more because I should just be grateful. And I think sometimes when you become a parent as well, people would say, well, you've got these lovely children now. Like, I don't know if you should be really thinking about yourself now because you're going to be taking something away from them. And there's all kinds of conversations around that. But yeah, um, fear of success is very much a real thing because we see it in the media in this country, you know. Um, you only have to look at an X Factor winner or Big Brother winner that it's all about bringing people up and championing them they're on the front pages of everything. And then they're looking for the dirt where they fall out of a taxi and they show their pants or not. Um, and, you know, they go bankrupt and they lose their house and they have a row with their husband and all of that. It, it's a really weird thing. So what most people think is the safest thing is to just coast somewhere in the middle because they're in a mm. sort of a safety zone there. Mm. And it says something there about common human nature as well of 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 Schadenfreude of you know yeah. relishing in the misfortune of others yes. that there's something very petty that can come out in certain people who try to make themselves bigger by yes. making other people small. And I, I'm just kind of wondering that what's the meanest, most critical thing you've been told in your career, and and how has that affected you? You know, has that held you back or spurred you on? <laughs> where do I begin I mean certainly when I went to school where, you know going back as far as primary school and secondary school I was one of the only kids with ginger hair and I was noticeably different also from another perspective was I was hugely ambitious as a kid I knew exactly and I don't know why or you know, nobody, it wasn't my parents saying like, this is what you're going to be, you know, it was just who I was. But I didn't feel like I was ever in an environment where I could be celebrated in that way. It was very much like, don't get too big for your boots, sit down, be quiet. And you know, you are other. So in terms of feeling different, that has been with me, I guess, a lot through my life. But also as an actor, I mean, still now, uh, sometimes the way that the acting industry runs is that it's the the old famous, okay, darling, thank you, next. <laughs> mm, such a clear react rejection, isn't yeah. it? It's very and you, obvious. And you have that moment of like, okay, great, uh, right. Oh, I'll, I'll just go, yeah, okay, no, it's absolutely negative, right, fine. 
And sometimes that's just because people just don't have the soft skills to deal with human beings. But it has sometimes been that, yes, we would have liked her if she was blonde or if she was a bit taller, shorter, thinner, fatter, had different coloured eyes, didn't have an axe, you know, everything that you can think of. So it's one of those moments that you do get used to criticism and I think it's very much part of the conversation, but you have to consider whose opinion really matters to you. And certainly now, I guess because my home life is very strong, I don't seek that validation from the entertainment industry, for example, like I did. Like, if I don't get the job, I'm going home to my beautiful babies who, like, I love more than anything in life itself. And I know that, I know who I am as a person. Whereas what you can find, I guess, as a young actor is other people inform your decision of yourself. And that's quite dangerous because otherwise you would find yourself uh, tweaking and then pulling away and trying to trying to fit into somebody else's expectations, even though you're not quite sure what they are. And that can be quite stressful sometimes. But yeah, criticism is, it's very much part of life. But if you can build that strength in yourself of knowing you're right and knowing that you've done everything that you can and that you've lived in integrity. And my mum's, one of my mum's favourite phrases is control the controllables. I really try and live by that because otherwise you're just uh, reducing yourself so much. Mm. And that's what happens when we hustle for that approval of trying Mm -hmm. to fit in rather than being who you are and what matters to you and then finding the right people to belong with. But there are so many industries out there where that's very difficult, where there is that instant rejection built into it. And I think you're right that when you have a stronger foundation, it's easier to not feel that the boat is rocked quite as much. You can sort of stabilize yourself. Yeah. And it sounds like when you got older and you had other things that really mattered to you, that sounds like you were more able to not internalize that criticism, to not take it on board. And and treat yourself and talk to yourself like those other people talk to you. You know, you're different or you have ginger hair and all of these things that are in some way scarce in our soul that we grow up with. And I guess looking at your website, looking at well, knowing you for a little while now, your ambition is very clear. And I think supporting a lot of ambitious, high-striving women, I really think it's important to follow our ambition, but without drowning in it. So... Having built a podcast, you know, the Dreaming and Doing podcast that frequently ranks at iTunes top 100 business podcast charts, and you've built that from scratch as a team of two with no outside investment. Yeah. That is no, there's no small task. How did you manage that without burning out in the process? I love making it, and I think that will get you a long way, you know. I think when people talk about building businesses, they're building brands or projects they're looking for a quick fix they're looking for a quick way round of doing things so it doesn't matter what you're selling as long as you get the numbers in and then you can sit and have a cocktail on an island and I actually work the other way that if I feel like what I'm doing just doesn't feel aligned it will take every ounce of my energy strength patience all of it so For me, I haven't burnt out with it because I genuinely love what I was doing. But to take a step back from that, that meant the work that I put in before 
choosing my podcast guests before deciding on the topics that was sort of really important to do the groundwork on that because that meant by the time that I launched everything just felt like it was aligned everything felt like it made sense so even though some people will be like no but I want to get into the fun bit of having the conversation and doing all of that mm. stuff and getting it out there and being excited sometimes um yeah knowing what that thing is and really uncovering it and doing the work and sitting with it for a while and I definitely sat with it for a while because it started because I was walking around the park with my son in 2015, 2016. I mean, and the rest, let's face it, um, (laughs) because he wouldn't sleep. And so Mm -hmm. I was walking around with a buggy and I did feel like becoming a mum unleashed a bit of, not headspace, but it just, it felt like the in some areas like of my life, it just went a bit dark and I had I knew I had to kind of work through those things. But in other areas, it just became so crystal clear what I wanted to do and what I was excited about. But what I was finding was there were so many podcasts about this hustle harder, get up at 4am, have a protein shake, do all of that. And now I am much more of an early riser and, you know, I can do that because my children are a bit older now. But at the time I was like, but that's not my version of success. That's not my version of ambition. So I knew there was a space to have a conversation. And I guess I'm really careful about what I say yes to. Of course, with the podcast, there are times where everything is super slick and it's consistent and there's a weekly episode dropping on these days. And then sometimes it falls off the wagon a little bit. But, you know, I always work on the basis of not looking for perfection that it will come back and the audience is there and I'm doing it imperfectly, but I am doing it. And in the meantime, there's 250 episodes that people can experience and enjoy in the meantime. Yeah, and nothing will explode if you miss a week. And I think that's important to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves in that Certainly. sense. Certainly. Nobody's watching that closely. And if they did, to be honest, I mean, obviously I'm starting out with my podcasting journey, so I'm hoping to take some wisdom from others. But what I'm hoping to set as my intention now as I'm starting is that if that's alienating a listener, that I missed a week or that I wasn't fully consistent... To be honest, it's okay if they pressed pause and didn't want to listen anymore. Uh, that's yeah. okay by me. So we're trying to create value and you know promoting, following your ambition without driving yourself into the ground because of it. And I, I guess that's something that I am mesmerized by when people are multi-hyphenated or uh, as you say, having a portfolio career, how you do that without it getting too much or feeling overwhelmed. and. And as this podcast is obviously called Pause, Purpose, Play, I ask my guests about how they pause. How do you switch off? How do you find rest and recovery and, and giving yourself the permission to pause? And if you struggle with that, you know, what, what gets in the way? Well, I have two small children who are four and almost one. So I don't sleep as much as I would like and not on a consistent basis. But this too shall pass and all the rest of it, um, pass rather, Mm -hmm. I do really try and take care of myself whenever I can. So I really try and exercise most days. And sometimes that can be half an hour of me walking slash running, uh, jogging around the park, depending on how much energy I've got. 
Um, I get a lot of rest and recuperation and creativity and ideas actually from moving. Um, I trained as a dancer, so I'm always being very in touch with my body and I know that it needs to move. And I find it really therapeutic actually to be able to do that. I'm really into good nutrition and trying to eat some good grub wherever I can. And sometimes just knowing when just turn the laptop off, close it down, Mm -hmm. have an early night. You're not going to get the answer that you're looking for today. And just being really boundaried in that. And definitely having a relationship that's really healthy with my phone is very important as well. Sometimes it does creep in that I'm doing emails at night. But as I say, like with my kids, well, more so my daughter, I did kind of before I had her, I got to a stage with my son that I could, things were a bit more predictable and I was able to know that he would sleep through the night and all the rest of it. We're not quite there yet in that way. So yeah, again, I'm just working on what I need on an individual basis. And sometimes that means going to bed at half past six with her and having a couple of hours sleep and, you know, seeing what happens. And I'm all about that. It's just so important to listen to your body there rather than thinking I must be up at four in the morning and have a morning routine. And it is possible to be a mother of young children and run a successful business or career, but we, we can't do it all at once. You know, it is possible to have it all, but we can't do it all at once without being flexible. That means some of those early nights. And and I think I like the analogy of, of not feeling like you're, you're juggling too many things and then feeling horrified when a ball drops, but consciously choosing to let a couple of balls be put down. Yeah. And that's coming back to your boundaries of, you know, I'm not... I've not dropped a ball, I put it down. And that's that's important to acknowledge that sometimes life gets in the way and it's not workable for me to work in this way. Yeah. And I think having that lesson from, from running, I mean, you said 250 episodes now, it's hard to do that consistently. It's hard to keep in line with your purpose. But I think you're right in the sense of if it's a passion, I'm more likely to do it. If it's something in your business that you don't want to do, but you think you should do because it's going to grow your business or so on, it's never going to work consistently. It needs to be something you are finding joy in and it's at least part of the of the process. Um, I say to my clients all the time, like it's about trying to find that you're doing more of what you love and less of what you don't. But that's not to say that sometimes you won't have a Sunday afternoon where you're like, oh my goodness, I've got to figure out this tech and it's driving me crazy and like it was working and then I've deleted it all. And like sometimes you have to have those really icky moments in business where you suss things out. But I always try and work on the basis, certainly with my clients, of like how can you do this in the easiest, most streamlined way so it works for you time and time again. So um, I use the analogy quite enough, quite often of preparing like a veg patch. So really preparing that ground and the positioning and the going to the garden center and thinking about mm, what are going to be the seeds and what's going to be happening. But if you get it right and if you get it to a certain stage, you know that that garden is going to flower for you year on year on year and you might not have that year plan of course when you're starting but you might be able to think about the next few months yeah and that, i like that the, the perennial 
Uh, and you're right, not everyone has a long-term plan. And it's okay to just whack some seeds down and see what comes up. And sometimes seeing, I, I didn't like what, what grew there. Okay, well, then you've learned something. Then you take it out and you grow something else. I want to really, really dive into sort of sense of that purpose of how, why did you call it dreaming and doing? Because I think the two have to run alongside each other because sometimes what we're taught is just to do do more work harder read more do this attend this thing just keep going don't complain crack on you know that's work ethic and I certainly learned that from being a kid but also I think you only get one life and I think sometimes when I look back on the things that I've done in my life I'm like wow how did I get to do that how did I get to meet that person like my goodness or my dream came true like I found a journal the other day of that I wrote in 2014 and um I wrote kind of my five-year plan and it was like I am the mum of two plus uh, two plus I think we're just sticking with two but that's another story um two plus children and you know I wrote all these things down and I was like oh my goodness like they've happened but again this thing about the secret or just manifest it or just you know send a sign out to the universe you've got to meet it halfway you've actually got to do some of the stuff and I think this is what I found certainly in terms of the acting industry is everybody wants a quick fix they want fame overnight or they'll they'll say to me especially in my hometown like oh so-and-so's daughter was going to do that but she didn't in the end because you know there's no such you can't do that and all of that sort of stuff yeah you've got to it won't just happen you've actually got to do it and work and figure it out and try again and fall over and all the things and that's the the harsh reality of 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 running a business that it's not always going to look pretty and yes sometimes you will fall down and sometimes you will make mistakes and is there any particular mistake that you remember that you've made in your business that you learned from? I think a mistake that I've made a lot is just trying to make things too complicated. And I don't know why, because it's it's not helpful in any shape or form. And I think I had a bit of a limiting belief that everything had to feel really hard and I had to serve everybody. That was a mistake that I made a lot. I was trying to be all the things to all the people. And actually, even though if you go on my website, I have like, I've helped founders, app creators, um, people in the health and well-being space, these sorts of things. On one hand, it could look like that I've worked with a lot of sectors, but I've been solving the same problem and um, helping them find a similar sort of solution. So, yeah, I would say that was one of my mistakes. I didn't necessarily niche down because when people were saying niche down, I was like, I don't want to. What are you talking about? You don't know what it is. But... Actually, they were right and I should have listened because it would have saved me a lot of time and effort and energy. But it's also, like you said earlier, that some of these things just have to brew for a while. Sometimes it takes a time to sit with it, to see what is your niche. Whereas if we're going to force out a niche, then I wonder if we skip that passion part. I mean, my niche has taken me a few years to sort of to crystallize and it's, you know, started broader and then got more and more narrow, you know, from sort of anxiety, stress, depression, and then a particular kind of person who was anxious and stressed and depressed because they were burning out, because they were very ambitious, 
because they were females dealing with the mental load and and it sort of got more and more narrow and I guess you're right that if you are clear on whose problems you're solving those people can exist in any industry in any walk of life this is the transformation you offer then it becomes easier to also attract those people and and alienate those people who you won't be the best fit for and that's okay too absolutely and sometimes you have to sell or try to sell the wrong thing to the wrong people quite a few times before you realize oh maybe there's something in this maybe i shouldn't be doing that and yeah. it's and also i think you have to really believe that what you have is a value and i'm sure there's a whole other conversation that we could have about this about self-worth and what you charge and how you actually encourage money to come into your business um again it's a whole new skill set that you have to figure out but again it's been something that i've invested in personally to try and figure out because otherwise i would have just stayed the same and i would have been battling the same issue again and again and not finding a solution to it and it's addressing those limiting beliefs i mean slowing down to notice the stories we tell ourselves and i think that's where the pause comes in pause isn't just having a nice break i mean you notice that you can pause by being in movement so you're actually not coming yes. to stillness to notice that we can reflect when we're out in movement i don't know if you with your background know the research behind this but i read there somewhere that actually the bilateral movement of taking one foot in front of the other when you're walking or running can help us unblock um, sticky thoughts as in the sense of I'm stuck with a problem, I don't know what the solution is. I often go for a walk and then when I finish, I'm like, oh, that's what I'm going to do because it's almost like frees up my mind in a, in a particular way. But And we have to think of different ways to do that, to be flexible. The hard work you're describing, I mean, we don't want to put anyone off becoming a business owner because it sounds really hard and you make mistakes and you fail and, and all the sort of um, blood, sweat and tears. But let's think about the lighter side of things, you know, the playfulness that can come from following your purpose and your passion when you know what you what you love doing and, and you help other people follow what they love doing. You know, what's, what do you think is the most playful for you in your life and in your business? Do you know what? I get a lot of feeling of, play from working out my own schedule and working to the rhythm of how I like to have my day and I love those days actually where I can especially during lockdown which has been slightly different but I can say to my kids like mummy's working this morning but then we're going to have lunch together or actually let's take our lunch to the park and let's do this and then we'll go on an adventure and we'll do that and you know I'm always at home pretty well I'm certainly at home now um for lockdown but I'm always here in the morning I always take my kid to nursery I'm here for bedtime and I'm there in those sort of like really important parts of the day as well but I get a lot of freedom and creative headspace from the fact that on a sun I never get the Sunday night blues because I'm like oh what are we doing this week what's happening I actually really love Mondays even though sometimes people are like what really what do you like about them but I just love that um thought of like starting fresh and all of that so I actually get a lot of playfulness from that and I get a lot of creative headspace and excitement from having an idea to actually going for it and to knowing that it's possible and 
it was interesting, I did a client session earlier and she wanted specific support, uh, support with her pricing structure. She was looking at doing um, various things and growing her business and she'd had a big leap and so she wanted to make sure her time was maximised. And um, at the end of our session, she said, oh my goodness, isn't the internet brilliant? Like, it's so good that we can work in all these kind of ways and like just the joy of that. And I have to remind myself sometimes, like I can just, I can make it work. And that's not to say that my house isn't a tip sometimes or like, <laughs> you know, one of us will get something last minute because certainly if either of us do an acting job, this is my partner and I, sometimes it's like oh okay what it's tomorrow right okay fine and I haven't necessarily been going on planes as much because I've um, had my daughter but he has and it's like okay cool so what time do you have to leave let's work back right and you're out till such okay fine and that's really stressful sometimes but we make it work and even though at the end of it we go okay that was hectic we're not doing that again <laughs> and I think that's that's helpful because it gives us an impression of that it's not all perfect balancing it's not like I've laid all this out once I'm an entrepreneur I can control my time so I've now laid out the balance and that's what it's going to remain at it's a constant rebalancing it's a constant thinking of what needs to be giving more attention you know is it coming back into my values around parenthood or is it coming back into my my relationship or have I not seen a friend for a while and it's that's where I think you're you're talking about that calibration where we check in and when we do that, not sort of thinking that it's going to be perfectly all in balance, but when we think this needs a little bit of attention on a weekly basis, we, we don't get the same Monday blues. I'm, I'm the same. I don't feel that way. I think here's another week. Well, obviously, I don't work on Monday, so I'm with my child on Mondays. But when I come to Tuesday, I'm refreshed and re-energized and just carry on with whatever I'm doing. I don't have that same lurch in my stomach that I had when I was employed I have to say absolutely but equally I'm sure what I do and maybe what you do as well it's not for everybody but equally that's fine as well like yeah we have to create our own version and I sometimes um don't like this idea that entrepreneurship is for everyone because I really don't think that it is it is a very definitive skill set and some people mm-hmm. will be like absolutely not what you don't know how much money what you don't know what your holidays are gonna be. What? oh no that seems crazy so but I I don't run my business like I'm in my pajamas and I'm just watching tv and let's just see if any emails come through today I think you have to be very disciplined if you're going to make it work I think you do have to run it like a big corporation even if it's just you for a lot of the time yeah and obviously making appointments with yourself in your diary as if you would and you would honor that as as the same way as you meeting up with someone else and that's why accountability is so important when you run your own business but you've you've spent you've spent a lot of sort of time and effort on this i guess understanding you've spent about fifty thousand pounds in your own development what what did you spend it on? And was <laughs> it difficult do? to do that? Was it handbags, Nikki? Was, yeah, it? It was no, it? No jokes aside. What, what did you What did you spend it on? And and how did that help your business? Yeah. Well, my drama school fees were very expensive um, at the time, and you know there weren't grants or anything like that. Certainly not for for my area. So um, yeah, that costs a huge amount of money, um, which you know my parents paid for as as part of that education. But in terms of all the other things, you know, the singing lessons and you need this and you need that and you need a portfolio and 
you need to be on top of your camera technique and you need to buy a camera and yeah there's been a lot of outgoings along the way but also I've spent a lot of money on my own personal development so training as a coach all the resources that I needed Um, I'm currently working with a coach for a year at the moment because I had some big old goals at the beginning of um, 2020 and it dawned on me which is bizarre that it took so long but um because I am a coach but I was like I really need somebody who's going to guide me here like I kind of dabbled with various people not dabbled but um you know I I consistently always work with people but I wanted a bit more of a full-on experience and it's chunky chunky money that feels stretchy and feels like you've got to make it count but it always pays off this is the thing I've really realized is If I'm discerning in making purchases for my business, for my brand, and really listening to what I actually need, not just being seduced by somebody's sales page and the results that somebody might have got, that's when I get the results, that's when I get the answers that I need. So, And I will continue to do so, you know, because what happens is when I invest in myself, I bet on myself every single time because I grow. And I bring all of that to my clients as well, where the amount of times where I'll say, you can just do this in a quicker way. And they're like, how do you know this? It's like, because I paid for it and I've learned how to do it. Yeah, you're paying for the shortcuts and you're paying for the handholding. And my business coach, Wendy Kendall, says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. And I think it's so true because... I can go much farther if I collaborate with others rather than think that we're in, in competition with each other. Yeah, not at all. There's a lot of wisdom around what you're saying there around how, you know, if we're on the fence of spending time, effort or money on ourselves, any business, you know, if you were in a corporate world, would would reinvest money back into the company. But if you are your brand, you are your company. You know, you're the company of one, as that, uh, as that book that I have yet to read, but everyone talks about. And I think that's important that you need to have, you know, your own HR department that is still you, while being budget that is still within you. Yeah. And I think it's important to do that when you are a company at one. So you need to think of what all of these pots will, will, will buy me. You know, I spend money on massages because part of my job, I sit a lot. Uh, I spend money on, you know, one-to-one yoga, personal training, all of these things, because I know that when I'm well, my business is well. Absolutely. And I think... When I was at drama school, I saw it as a 19, 20-year-old, however old I was, we'd get a lot of tutors who would come in who would basically sit on a chair and, you know, backseat drive, essentially, and basically tell us how terrible the industry was, how awful it had been to them, and um, basically old and bitter and twisted actors um, (laughs) who, you know, the coulda, woulda, shoulda. And immediately I thought, oh my gosh, I never want to feel like that about my industry or what I'm doing. I want to feel excited and I don't want to just be a, and another thing, let me tell you this awful story, let me tell you about this, because my goodness, that's not energy anybody needs or wants, so how can I flip that around? And that's not to say, again, when you make final um, financial investments in yourself, it, it does feel stretchy. But I tell you what, when I spend a lot more money on um, things, I really take care of them. And the amount of free webinars or whatever that I used to sign up for because they were free, I would never do them. Or it would just never be really 
them telling you what you actually needed to know. It would just be them telling an old story about how they did something. And actually, yeah, it is about shortcutting that process and like how do you make some moves. Yeah. And if you if you put money behind the bar, you're more likely to show up to drink, aren't you? Absolutely, absolutely. So, gosh, what a discussion. I've, I feel that there's a million and one things we could have talked more about, you know, how how we have money mindset and, and more about our self-worth and lots of things. We may have to bring you back in the future because I am really, really passionate about carrying this on. This has been so fantastic. Yeah. So I wonder if you could just draw things to a close, Nikki, by thinking of, of a final thing you would like to gift the listeners. You know, I often think of it as sort of a, a permission we want to give them or, or a pressure we want to take off them. What would, what would be your little uh, parting gift for them? Do you know what? One thing it, that comes up again is that ability to trust your own instinct. And people say it really flippantly. Just trust your instinct. Listen to your gut. You know the right answer. But sometimes you don't in that moment. So actually the best work for me has been about what do I need to do in order to get the right answer? And really understanding what my own, own patterns and habits and behaviors require me so for me yeah it's something like going for a walk going for a run sitting quietly turning off instagram being quiet um not sharing sometimes what i'm going through because when you share with the wrong people you get all kinds of feedback and conversation that maybe is not necessarily useful for you but in this world where on instagram facebook social media we've all got people or things or products shouting at us like buy now you need this do these three things it's going to change your life are you changing your life why not what it's noisy out there so what i want to give you permission for today is to go in rather than go go out sometimes if you don't know the answer Mm, i really like that and i think someone in the background really agreed with you as well (laughs) Um, chiming in it's the joys of having a working mother on the podcast and working parent like hi mommy i'm awake oh one thing just to add actually on the parenthood thing is my business has in the last five years I've had the most lucrative career years of my life since having children, since having the least amount of sleep, since, um, yeah, since, since being a parent, being, all of those things that that involves. I think it's, it's given me a new lease of life because it makes me very deliberate about what I do. And that's not to say there haven't been times where I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm such a terrible friend because I didn't get to that birthday because my kid was ill. Or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, again, I'm not saying I'm perfecting every area of my life. I'm really not. But certainly in terms of a career point of view, I've noticed massive shifts and I've done things that I, I didn't think that I would do. That's fantastic. But you've been dreaming it and you have been doing it. <laughs> and I think we've mentioned your podcast name a few times I here. I know. Come and, come and play. We had 100,000 downloads this week. So it fantastic. feels really lovely to um, that it works. And I think that's an important thing to do. But that's taken two and a half years. So, yeah, sometimes with a project you get a lucky break or a shout out or something. Or But for the most part, it is about that just chugging and chipping away and, um, and doing it consistently persistence and grit so 
obviously we know that that's one place where can, we can find you but where else can we find you you can just come to my website which is uh, nickyraby.com n-i-c-k-y-r-a-b-y or you can I'm across all socials so you can find me at nickyraby across all of those places where you might hang out I'm, I'm likely there fantastic I'll put all of that in the show notes Thank as well you. and have you got anything on right now that you would like to direct a listener's attention to sure I mean I've got like I've got such a mix of offerings actually on my website but a lot of the things that I do are around personal branding so I help you to plan it to package it to present it and to propel it so I talk a lot about speaking up I talk about passive income I talk about digital products and basically making a business from the perspective of you so um yeah there's lots of different offerings at different price points um but if you message me and let me know that you've heard this episode do just book a free 15 minute session in with me and i can help you you can ask me advice pick my brains that kind of thing um and also like tag us on social media let us know where you're listening and what you've taken away from today this is the thing i always say in my speaking gigs i never want people just to feel inspired and motivated like i want you to do something with it as well and that's how you translate that dream that that image of what you would want life to be like into action so you can actually transform it that's right what a fantastic chat this has been nikki thank you so much for doing me the honor of coming on my absolute pleasure thank you so much for inviting me What an episode that was. What an honor to interview someone who is such an avid podcaster herself and a real inspiration for me. If you want to think more about how to get more pause, purpose and play in your life, you can join my free Facebook community called Pause, Purpose, Play. If you've enjoyed this episode and this new podcast, please help us grow by liking, sharing and leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you next time. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas, and you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, this episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.